0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. If you got your Bibles with you, let's look at John 14. John 14. It's exciting. You guys really impressed your pastor. Really and you really listen to God, and I appreciate that. 50K and counting. It's awesome. So we're going to start here, and I'm going to talk about something different today. We've been talking about prosperity, but I'm going to kind of change directions. And I want to share something today with you that I felt led to help many of you in here to navigate everything going on in our world today. I think this will help every person in here. And even if you don't need it today, you'll need it tomorrow. So I felt led to talk about not letting your heart be troubled. So let's turn to John 14, 1. Jesus speaking. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let's look at John 16, In verse 33, Jesus still speaking here. These things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Can I get amen this morning? So today I want to talk about don't let your heart be troubled because I've seen like never before. It's one thing for unbelievers to be freaked out. And faithless and hopeless, but I've seen a lot of believers really since the start of COVID with fear, anxiety, stress, hopelessness, discouragement, like I've never seen before. I get it and I understand it. And I felt some of those same things, but we need to listen to what Jesus is saying. And Jesus said to us that we could live, not troubled, we could live in a place of peace in faith in confidence. No matter what is going on in the world, we can live in a place of not being troubled because we have peace in him knowing that he has overcome the world. Now, in John uh, chapter 14, really through 17, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And the main emphasis of John 14 through 17 is this. He's telling his disciples he's going to go to heaven. He's going to go away, and his disciples are being troubled. They're like, well, what are we going to do? If you're going to heaven, what are we supposed to do, Jesus? And then Jesus starts talking about some of the things that are going to happen to the disciples, why he's away. And he emphasizes, don't let your heart be troubled. No matter what happens, tribulation, trouble will come on this world, will come on to the just and the unjust. They will come to the believer and the unbeliever, but you don't have to be troubled because if you have your faith in me, I have overcome the world. But there's a key here. Jesus said, I'm going to leave and then Eventually, of course, I'm going to come back, but while I'm gone, I'm sending you the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. And he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth, but you're not going to be alone. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're saved, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, the Spirit of God is in you, you're not alone. You might feel alone. You might feel like you're by yourself, but you're not. The spirit of God is in you to help you, to lead you, to guide you. And the spirit of God is the key of what we do between when Jesus was here and this in-between time we live today till he comes back. What's the key? Well, the Holy Spirit is going to help us get through this time and we have to trust in him that we are not going to be troubled even though tribulation and trouble will come we're not going to let our heart be troubled because we trust him yes. Yes. now let's look what it says in john 14 verse 1 in the amplified brings it out a little bit more look at this it says do not let your heart be troubled afraid or cowardly but this is what jesus says to do believe and what's believe mean confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith, hold on to it, rely on it and keep going and believe also in me. This is what faith is. He says, don't be troubled, but believe. And don't just halfway believe, be confident in it. That your God is Is for you, and if he's for you, who can be against you? And trust in him. Trust is just another word for faith. Have faith. Hold on to that faith. Rely on it and keep going and believe also in me. But notice he says, don't let your heart be troubled, but believe or have faith. Be a faith person. And rely on that faith. Keep that faith. Be confident in that faith. Believe in me. But notice he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Implying you. We're thinking, most believers are thinking, God's just going to do it for them. He's not. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Guess what? If you do nothing, you're going to be the most troubled, anxious, fearful person around. You're going to be just like everybody else. But he's talking to us as believers. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. So that means that we have a choice to play whether our heart is troubled or not, whether we're in faith or not. But he says, you will have trouble, but you don't have to have trouble. Are you with me so far? Come on, I need you to be with me this morning. He said that trouble will come to you, tribulation will come to you, but it doesn't have to get in you. There's a big difference. It's going to come to everybody, but it does not have to get in you. Trouble and tribulation will come around you, but it doesn't have to get in you. Now listen to this. Ships don't sink because of the water around it. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. And so everyone in here, we're all living through this time on the earth. All of us are in this. You're you're not an isolated case like you're the only person who just went through COVID. No, you're not. You're not the only person who's living with wars and rumors of war. You're not the only person living with shortage in the planet. You're not the only person that has fear or anxiety. The whole world feels that. But there's a difference. You can have trouble. But you can still go through it because it's not the water around the ship that sinks it. It's the water that gets in it. And most people, even believers, are taking on a lot of water right now. And I don't want that for you as your pastor. Because I don't want you to sink like everybody else. And we don't have to. Jesus said we don't have to. No matter what happens, no matter what trouble or tribulation or hard times come, we don't have to be troubled we don't ships don't sink because of the water around it ships sink because of the water that gets in them and that's all of our choice in here now now still think about that excitement about that all-in offering you still you still excited about that Okay, well, notify your face during this message that you're still excited about it. You got kind of serious on me for a second. I know I'm going to talk about some heavy things, but there's going to be hope and faith in it. But you got to talk about it. So so let's talk about this. What in the world is going on, anyways? What's going on here? Well, people are asking questions like this Is this the last days? Is Jesus coming back? What do I need to do? Well, first of all, you aren't the first ones to ever ask that question. (laughs) Guess what? People have been asking that since Jesus left in the first place. (laughs) We're, We're not this exclusive group in 2022 that this is all new to. No, it's not. We're in a long line of people for thousands of years that have said, is this the last days? Is this the end times? Is Jesus coming back? Here's the short answer. Yes, we are. Here's the second part to that. And we have been since Jesus left. <laughs> it's been the last day since Jesus went to heaven 2,000 years ago. You realize that? Because they were having these same discussions in the New Testament. People were freaking out already about, is this the apocalypse? Is Jesus coming back? Uh, is this the last days? And the answer back then was yes. And the answer today is Yes, we are in the last days. Jesus is coming back. I don't know when, but he is coming back, and we are in the last days, and we need to prepare for it. But there is some signs that Jesus said would happen before he comes back. Now, these signs have been happening since Jesus went to heaven. But here's the point here. The closer it gets to Jesus coming back and the more we're in the last days, there will be more frequency in these things happening, which we're seeing. And these events will be bigger and more worldwide, which we're seeing. So I will give you that. We are closer than when we first believed 2,000 years ago. But do you realize that God's timing is different than yours? He's eternal. And it says a day to him is like 1,000 or 1,000 years to us is like a day to him. So he's kind of on a different timetable than us. We're thinking 2,000 years is a long time, not to someone who's been eternal, Not at all. And then for people who say and and, and mock uh, Jesus coming back, and it says that in Peter, he says, actually, he's just being patient and long-suffering with all of us to get it together. Don't act like he's slow in coming back. We're slow in getting it together. He's just trying to be patient with us to give people more opportunities to turn to him. That's the only reason he hasn't come back yet. So, Chill out, guys. I'm not putting up graphs and charts this morning. <laughs> We're going to get to a good point here. But we need to talk about this because I know all of you are, are having questions. You're thinking about this. You're troubled about this. You're maybe anxious or fearful about what's going on in the world. And we need to answer those questions. So is, is Jesus coming back? Yes. Are we in the last days? Yes. But what do we need to do? Until he comes back. Well, we need to live in a place that our heart's not troubled. We need to be people of faith. It says when Jesus comes back, he says, will I find faith on the earth? And he needs to find some faith people here that believe something. And aren't hoarding toilet paper and living in Idaho in a bunker. <laughs> but I'm not going to get the charts up here. And tell you when Jesus is coming back, and this is the four blood moons, and (laughs) this is the sign of this. How many know every preacher, even respectable preachers, have tried to tell us when Jesus is coming back? They've all been wrong. Every one of them. There was a book in like 1988, which is one year after I was born. It was called 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 88. I don't think it's still on the bestseller list. <laughs> People've been saying this forever, yeah. so I'm not bringing charts up. I don't want us to freak out. You know, this we're not going to talk about the Left Behind series. God bless them. Um, <laughs> how many of you know? Can I make a joke about Left Behind series? Anybody remember Left Behind series? Yeah. Yeah. They made movies out of it, and then they um, uh, they had books and everything. But Left Behind series, so. You know, pardon my language before I say this, but they made those movies and those books to scare the hell out of people. I'm not cussing. Literally, to, to scare, because they knew if they, if they watched those movies, just like that was like a, a movie you'd play at youth camp to get people right with the Lord. <laughs> Let's play the left behind movie at camp because all those young people would be like, oh my gosh, every thought I've ever had, every sexual temptation, the movie I watched last week, I'm not going to make it to heaven. I got to get right with the Lord right now. The rapture could happen at any second. And so God bless the Left Behind series that put a lot of fear of God in people. <laughs> so I'm not here to do that. And I want to say this, just for the record, I feel like if you preach about the end times or Bible prophecy and you preach it to the place that people just leave scared and fearful, you're not doing it right. Majority of people I've ever hear preach about Bible prophecy or the end times, I am scared by the time they're done preaching. Something's not right there. God said he doesn't want our heart to be troubled. But your charts troubled me. the movie you just shared with me freaks me out i'm scared i'm fearful now i would say there's something not right with that just hear me today so if you're listening to prophecy end-time preachers that all they are promoting is fear 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 i would not listen to them anymore because they're not doing what jesus said i think you need to have a godly reverence for god in everything happening i do but don't leave the service scared and wanting to go get in a bunker and go off the grid. Because that's what a lot of believers are taught. And they're running scared from the world because of people preaching to them fear. So I believe when you can preach about Bible prophecy or the end times, you should preach it in faith. Not fear. Fear. You can be real about it, but still preach about faith because Jesus said he doesn't want our heart to be troubled. So no charts are coming out, and we're not going to watch the Left Behind series today. So is this the end times? Yes. Is Jesus coming back? Yes. We don't know the day or the hour, the Bible says, but we do know the signs of the times. The signs of the times. And, And a lot of those signs are happening. And like I said, Earlier, they've been happening for two thousand years, but they become more frequent and they become bigger the closer we get to His coming back. So let me let me list um, several things to you. And I took this from many places in the Bible, and I actually I'm going to have this so you could write these chapters down to read it later but i i took it from all these different chapters a list of some signs of the time so matthew 24 i think they're going to put the list up for us so if you look at all these passages these are some of the different passages i looked at to make this list of some of the signs of jesus coming back now this isn't all the signs but this is the predominant sign so there's matthew 24 mark 13 luke 21 1 thessalonians 5 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 3. We could just leave this up here for a second, just in case you want to write it down. Now, why is this important? Because you need to know I'm not making this up. We need to go to the Word of God on what we should believe about this and every other thing in our life. So I'm giving you scriptures you can look up later pertaining to what I'm going to talk about today. So, we're still talking about not letting your heart be troubled. But I need to address this before we talk about not being troubled. Jesus said there would be signs before he comes back. And the closer we get to him coming back, they would be more frequent. They would be bigger. They would be worldwide. And we need to be aware of this. One of the first signs, he says, there will be perilous times. A better translation of that, there would be stressful times. I think we could all say a hearty amen. We're living in stressful times. The mental health crisis in this country and the world is like never before. What's the root of that? Stressful times. Stressful times is making people have mental breakdowns left and right. Even super strong people are having anxiety and depression and and panic attacks and discouragement and suicidal thoughts. And I'm not judging you because I've had all those things. But there's stressful times. And Jesus said it will get more stressful the closer we get to him coming back. But we don't have to be troubled. Even though there's stress around us, the stress doesn't have to get in us. Come on, I need you to be with me today. We're going somewhere. So that's one of the signs of the times. There would be stressful, perilous times. Here's another thing he said, that there would be wars and rumors of wars. I think... That most of us know in here, there is a major war going on today in Ukraine, with Russia and Ukraine. Now you're saying, well, pastor, there's always been wars. Yes, but like I said, if it's bigger worldwide and there's more frequent, we should pay attention to it. Russia's a superpower. Russia's best friend is China, which is the other superpower. And then there's the United States and NATO, which is another superpower. That makes it a little bit bigger deal than two tiny countries fighting each other. All war is important and people need help. But this, what it makes it a bigger deal than just uh, one tiny nation and another tiny nation. When it's Russia and when it's China and when it's America and other countries in the first world, influential countries, it makes it a bigger deal. And that's what's happening right now in the world. And Jesus said this would happen. Wars and rumors of wars would be more frequent and they would be bigger and worldwide the closer we get to his coming back. Let's just think even the past hundred years, there's been two world wars. Could be a third one. I'm not prophesying that. But whatever happens, we're not going to be troubled. We're not going to be troubled. But Jesus said this would happen. Now, it's important. To note this, because it should give you some comfort that Jesus already talked about this. So when we see it happening, let's not be scared about it. Jesus said, this is going to happen, but don't be troubled. Because I have overcome the world. So we see everything going on in Russia and Ukraine and with China and the United States and NATO. Another thing that Jesus predicted would be a sign of the times would be pestilence or disease. We've always had disease, but what about a disease that shuts down the planet for two years? What about a disease we've never even heard of before, COVID 19? That's another sign of the time. We've never had a disease shut down the planet to this level. We've had other major diseases, but that's a sign of the time. Jesus said there would be famine or shortage. There's shortages. Of food, of gas, of supplies, of toilet paper. Y'all ain't right if you hoarded it during those those couple of months. But Jesus said there would be famine. Now, when he says famine, that doesn't just mean food. That means shortage and stuff. We're seeing that in, in our planet in the United States and around the world. There's major shortages of a lot of things. And really for us... It's not necessarily that those things aren't available they just can't get to us right now. We're so blessed in this country our it's first world problems. It's not that they don't have it it's just the ships can't get to us yet. It's there. In other countries that aren't as blessed as us they just don't have it. Like first world problems is this like Amazon Prime can't deliver in 2 days anymore it's 3 there's a shortage. There's famine in the land. My package, Amazon Prime says two days or less, and it showed up in three days. Yeah, because everything's moving a little slower because of the pandemic. It still is. But there's shortages. There's shortages of food in certain parts of the world. There's shortages in gas and supplies and other things that we never thought would we would see happen. How many of you ever thought that you would be Hoarding toilet paper years ago. You never thought you'd see that. But you did. And you made it through. You're still here. Here's another thing that Jesus said would happen the closer to, he, to him getting back. He said there would be anger, division, and hostility. Well... I think that's happened quite a bit. It's um, I've seen anger and division, and hostility like I've never seen before, in the church and outside the church. About gender, male versus female, race—you got black versus white, and white versus Hispanic, and Hispanic versus Asian—and it's like, what in the world is going on? But Jesus said the closer to he comes back, there would be anger, division, hostility like never before. Or even politically. Used to be that political people could actually talk to each other and get something accomplished. But you got Republicans and Democrats that can't even talk to each other about anything. That's not right. But it's become so... Divided and hostile. What about even um, divided about economic status? Rich looking at the poor a certain way. The poor looking at the rich. The middle class looking at the other classes. And there's anger, division, hostility. Jesus said this would happen and it would become bigger and more frequent the closer to him coming back. Trust me, we're going to get to somewhere really good. I know you're not probably having fun yet, but you got to know what Jesus said. These are signs of the times that Jesus said would happen. And since he told us, we are forewarned. So we should know we're not going to be troubled because Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Here's another thing. Jesus said that there would be a falling away, a departing of the faith. And we've seen that in the past few years with people deconstructing their faith like never before on a large scale. People that used to be pastors, Christian authors, worship leaders, denouncing their faith, making YouTubes about it, podcasts about it, how they don't have faith anymore and they don't believe anymore and a whole group of people saying we're ex-vangelicals, not evangelicals anymore because the church hurt us and, you know, the church taught us purity. Oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the The church taught us what to do sexually, but we have been oppressed all these years. You know, the church is it is no good the church has always been abusive abusive you know the church has done this and that and you know the church just needs to be taken down what in the world Where are we living at? But Jesus said this would happen. There would be a falling away. There would be a departing from the faith. People that used to love Jesus come to church, worship, lead, preach, do this and that. In the past several years, we've seen major people deconstruct their faith and lead many others in deconstructing their faith. And I'm all for uh, deconstructing things that don't need to be Right in your life, or they need to be taken down, but to depart from the faith and then not just do that, but then try to come back and destroy the faith that they once had. Yeah. Yeah. And then make podcasts about churches and make docu-series about churches and make things about how the church is mean and abusive and sexually repressive and patriarchal and oh, Jesus, help us be offense. I'm not saying the church doesn't have issues, it does, because there's humans in it. <laughs> like every other organization, but the church is still the greatest force for good in the world. <laughs> the church is the one changing the world. Guess who's helping in Ukraine? It's not the secularist. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Guess who's feeding the poor? It's the church. Guess who's adopting kids who need family? It's the church. Guess who's helping women and children? It's the church. Guess who's changing lives? It's the church. Guess who's healing the sick? It's the church. Guess who's casting out devils? It's the church. Guess who's still preaching truth? It's the church. So don't listen to all these backslidden, deconstructing people because they've been hurt by somebody in the church. We all have. Now, instead of just dealing with it, they're making podcasts and YouTubes about it to lead others astray. And naive other believers who have a TikTok account believe people like this. Like they are the banner of truth because they made a TikTok account. Can I keep going a little further? Because y'all need to hear all of this, I'm going to say. I felt my anointing come on me on there. You guys are being quiet, but it hit me a second ago. But it's serious. And Jesus said this would happen. People would depart from the faith. And lead others astray with them. It's sobering. It can make you feel unsettled and shaky. That's why Jesus said you got to build your house on the rock, not on the sand. Because when the storms of life come, which they will, you got to make sure you're built on the rock and not on sand. In Hebrews, it says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we're seeing that. So you need to make sure you're built on the right stuff. Your foundation is strong. You're around the right people listening to the right voices. Being stronger than you ever have about your faith and your relationship with God. But Jesus said people would depart from the faith. They would fall away. Now hear my heart here. I'm not saying everybody who's done that is evil or they're just not right. There's a lot of legitimate people that have done that and they don't say a word about it. And they're suffering. And even the people that are the most vocal about it, the root of it is hurt. Something happened to them. Maybe they prayed something and and they don't feel like God answered them. So they're mad at God. Or maybe someone did do something to them in church, which that's happened. And they got abused in church. And so that made them never want to have faith again. I 100% understand that. But Jesus said that a lot of people would depart from the faith. They would fall away. But when that happens, especially when it's notable people, it makes you feel uncomfortable. It really does. It should make you feel sober like if they could lose their faith, I need to hold on to mine. Jesus warned us this is going to happen, so build your life on the right stuff. But then here's another thing happening. There's a lot of church leaders in well-known mega churches that have had issues. That bothers me. But Jesus talked about that. That's part of the falling away. Departing from the faith. And that can make you feel, once again, it can make you feel shaky because you're like, I looked up to that church. I looked up to this pastor. And and if if they didn't make it, what about me? You know, if, if they had issues, if, If they didn't live everything they preached, then what about me? Jesus said this would happen, and it's happening. What do we need to do? Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. No matter who falls or who makes it, don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus said this would happen. That doesn't make it any easier, but we're forewarned. Guard your heart. Guard your life. Guard your foundation. When you see the signs of the times, you better tighten up what you're doing and the way you're living. You better be sober. lest shoe fall too. But decide, I'm going to build my life on the right stuff, and I'm not going to be troubled. No matter what tribulation comes, I'm not going to be troubled. No matter what church falls, I'm not going to be troubled. No matter what leader falls, I'm not going to be troubled. Because in all those situations, it's never God's fault. You're just reminded that they're human and they're not God. And here's a little side note. Before you ever criticize somebody on that level, You have no idea the amount of pressure on people on that level. You don't face one one hundredth of the pressure they face from the enemy. And churches and leaders like that that have a worldwide influence have the biggest target on their back from the enemy than you can imagine. So you have no idea the pressure, the stress, the physical symptoms, the mental, emotional things that they go through. That causes them to act out and do something like that. Lest you judge. I'm not hearing another amen in here. I need you to say amen. No, I'm serious. You have no that doesn't make what they did right, but I'm saying you have no idea. No idea. Well, if I had that, I wouldn't do you don't know. You probably get fired day two. You wouldn't make it 40 years. <laughs> you got no idea what kind of pressure people deal with. Once again doesn't make it right, but show some compassion. The Bible says, lest you fall. And our heart should always be restoration, not list his own people. You're canceled. You're canceled. You're canceled. You don't want to be canceled, so why are you canceling everybody else? Yes, sir. That's it. Jesus is not canceling people. Stop canceling people, even preachers. Yeah. It's like pulling a sled backwards in a snowstorm this morning. <laughs> I'm going to keep on going. But Jesus said this would happen, the falling away, the deconstructing of people's faith, but then even prominent ministers and preachers and leaders and churches falling. Jesus said this would happen. But he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Every time something like this happens, it reminds me, don't put, why did you have your faith in them in the first place? Listen to me, church. Why, did you, why was your faith in them in the first place? It was in a human, not God. Don't ever put your faith in just a man or a woman or a church. You can love them. You can honor them. But if they mess up, guess what? God's still good and he's still right. Because we're all people in here. I'm going to say one more thing. And then I'm going to get to the really positive stuff. If all of our dirty laundry in here... was ever shared publicly. Let me break it down. Every text message, every picture, all your internet searches, every conversation, ever encounter with any other person was made public. All of us would be fired from everything. Some of us would go to jail. <laughs> So lest we think when somebody else's fall, oh, I knew it about them. I knew they weren't doing that. What about you? Your information just wasn't made public. Theirs was. If yours was, you would get fired, you would get divorced, and you wouldn't even have a job anymore. So shut your mouth. Come on now, somebody. I'm saying that about myself too. Thank the Lord you don't know my dirty laundry. That's why I still have a job. (laughs) for now <laughs> yeah, You're right. till the Russian hackers gonna hold my account then we'll talk later okay <laughs> come on now somebody that doesn't I'm not saying that makes anything that somebody does right but let's be sober about it be gracious about it be compassionate about it take heed lest we fall Let's just all thank God for the grace of God in our life that that those things aren't made public. That we don't put them on the PowerPoint screen every time you come in. (laughs) Goodness. But Jesus said it would happen. But what did he say? Don't let your heart be troubled. If all these things the Bible says is going to happen in this world, what are we going to do about it? Well, we can't control that those things are going to happen or or not happen. What we can control is our response to it. And Jesus said, as believers, our response to it should be not troubled. As believers, I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to people who know Jesus. He said that you could live not troubled. Even with all those things going on, you could be in a place of peace, a place of faith. A place of confidence knowing that he has overcome the world. And we're going to be okay. We're going to make it. Because at the end of all those signs, Jesus said, but the end is not yet until the gospel is preached in the whole world. And guess what? The gospel hasn't been preached in the whole world yet, so he's not coming back yet. But these signs are going to continue to happen and be more frequent as we get closer to Jesus coming back. Why did I tell you all that? To warn you ahead of time that Jesus said this, but we don't need to be troubled about it. When it happens, just know, "Hey, Jesus talked about this. I don't need to lose my faith over this. I don't need to get in despair and depression about this. I don't need to be anxious and having panic attacks over this. Jesus said this would happen. What I need to do? I need to make sure I'm not troubled. I'm at peace. I built my life on the right things and and make sure my foundation's right. That's what I need to do. You can't control that those things are going to happen or not, but you can control your response to it. I have three things that I feel strongly will keep us in this place of not being troubled. Three of these areas we need to look at in our life to guard. The first one is, if we're going to live through these times and be untroubled, we're going to have to watch what we hear. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're going to live untroubled, we're going to have to watch what we hear, what we listen to. Listen to what that verse says. So faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Guess what else comes by hearing? Fear, trouble, anxiety, depression. Faith comes by hearing, but so does fear. The more you hear it, the more you're going to believe it, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. So we need to be very guarded on what we hear in these days. Just like faith comes by hearing and hearing, fear comes by hearing and hearing. One of the greatest examples of this in the Bible was in Numbers 13 and 14 when when God's people were about to go into the promised land and they sent 12 spies into the promised land and 10 brought back a bad report and spoke it and the rest of the congregation heard it and listened to it and when they believed it, it said that they started weeping. They were upset, they were troubled because of what they heard. They listened to a bad report, so then they lived a bad report. They were listening to the wrong voices, so that took them to this place of being troubled and upset. Hear me, church family. If we're going to live untroubled, you're going to have to guard what you hear in these days. Guard who you listen to. Because most of us are listening to the wrong voices. You're listening to the wrong voices all day long, whether that's on the radio or on podcast or on TV or on the internet. And you're hearing about the news about war. And the more you're listening to it, you're getting more troubled. You're listening to gas prices all day long. And then you're being fearful later about the gas prices. Why? Because you've been hearing and hearing and hearing about it. You've been hearing about shortage, so you're starting to think that you got to be short on things because you're hearing. You've been hearing about hatred in politics, so now you hate Democrats or you hate Republicans and you hate this person and you hate that person. Why? Because you're hearing and hearing. You're hearing about COVID, so then you're, you're believing that this disease and that disease and another disease is coming. What are you listening to? Just like faith comes by hearing and hearing, so does fear and trouble comes by hearing and hearing. Some of you are saying, well, I need to be informed. But there's a difference between being informed and indoctrinated. And most people these days are completely drinking the Kool-Aid of the news. They are completely indoctrinated, whether it's Fox News, CNN, or whatever. They believe it 100% with all their heart. Because hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. I believe you should be informed. Don't put your head in the sand and act like there's nothing going on in the world. That's not the answer. But you're being indoctrinated by it. You're believing it. So then it's affecting your life. You're living in this place of trouble and anxiety and fear. Here's a good question to ask yourself, how do you know that the news and what you're hearing is affecting you? Well, how does it make you feel? When you turn it off, do you feel better? Do you feel more faith-filled? Do you feel confident? Or do you feel like going and hiding? Do you feel fearful? Do you feel discouraged? Do you feel depressed? After you turn off whatever you were listening to, that should be a good gauge on whether you should hear it or listen to it or not. But we can't be neutral about this. You got to realize it's affecting most of us more than we realize. What are you hearing? What are you listening to? If we're going to live untroubled, we're going to have to guard what we hear. Let me encourage you this morning. We need to like never before hear the right voices. Now, what are the right voices? The word. We need to get in the word like never before. If you see more crazy stuff happening in the world, you need to get more in the word. Just to make sure you're hearing the right stuff. We need to be turning on the worship music in our car way more than the radio because we need to hear the right stuff. We need to hear about the goodness of God, not about COVID-19. We need to hear about God being a healer, not gas shortages. We need to be hearing about that God is still able to do it. We need to be putting on the word and worship. We need to be reading good books. We need to be around faith-filled friends that are going to speak some Life and hope and peace and encouragement and confidence to us, not woe is me. Yeah, I hate that person too. Who are you hanging out with? What are you hearing? But who are you listening to? Jesus said, don't be troubled. Well, how are you going to stay in this place and not be in trouble? You got to keep listening to the right stuff, hearing the right voices. Turning off the wrong voices and turning on the right voices. Here's the truth. There's more wrong voices than there's ever been before in this world. So easy to hear them at all times. But here's the other side of that. But there's equally more right voices than there's ever been. We've never lived in a time and a day that you could get the access to the kind of Bible teaching, podcasts, worship music, articles, for free on your device like never before. There's generations that would have loved to have this for the past 2,000 years. And so, yes, I agree with you. It's easier to get the wrong voices, but like never before, it's easier to listen to the right voices in our life if we want to. But listen to me. Whatever we hear will affect us. It will either produce faith or fear. Here's the second thing what we think about. If we're going to stay out of this place of being troubled, we're going to have to watch what we think about. Listen to me this morning. You can't help every thought that comes to you. You can't. But you can control what stays. You can't control every thought or thing that comes from the enemy or from other people. But you can control where your mind's at, what it stays on, what it focuses on. And if we're going to be in this place of peace, we're going to have to watch what we think about. Listen to what it says in Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Doesn't stop there. Still talking about peace. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts, your mind, if you want to be in peace. On what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If we're going to live untroubled, we have to watch what we think about. We need to guard what we think about. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. If we could pull that up. Notice what God says here. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. God said that we can have perfect peace in any situation. Why? Because our mind and our thinking is stayed on him. During war, you can be at peace when your mind is stayed on him. During COVID, you can be at peace because your mind is stayed on him. During shortage, you can be at peace because your mind is stayed on him. Your mind is so important, but you got to guard what you think about if you're going to live untroubled. Now, don't beat yourself up because you had wrong thoughts. We all do. Just decide, I'm not going to let those control me. And I'm going to decide what stays. I'm going to think on the right things. And lastly, we're going to have to guard what we speak about. Brother Darrell, could you come up this morning? We'll close. Did you guys get something today? Jesus said, Don't let your heart be troubled. Well, how are we going to do that? We're going to have to guard what we hear and listen to. We're going to have to guard what's going on in this brain of ours, which is easily gets out of control. Guard our thoughts. Guard our mind. We can if we want to. It takes effort. But I think peace is worth the effort. I'm just throwing it out there. Anybody agree with that statement? It's like it's going to take effort. Yeah, peace is worth it. Joy is worth it. Being not troubled is worth it. Instead of just floating downstream with the rest of everybody else's nonsense in this world and living like them, which is depressed, anxious, fearful, troubled. But lastly, we're going to have to guard what we speak. I was thinking about this kid's song, and this is not exactly how it went. few parts are, but it's some good wisdom for us today. But remember that song? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Careful little mind what you think. Careful little mouth what you say. That kids song will still preach. It's still great advice on how to not be troubled. And if we're going to live on trouble, we're going to have to watch what we speak. Our words have so much power to direct our life. To direct the course of our life. Our words have so much power. Listen to what it says in Proverbs about your words. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Some translations say death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hear me this morning. You can't talk trouble and live in peace. You can't talk fear and live in faith. You can't talk disaster and have protection. You can't talk shortage and have provision. You can't talk sickness and have health. You can't talk death and have life. Why? Because the power of our words, is life and death right here. And if we're going to live in this place of not being troubled, we're going to have to listen to the right things Think the right things, but speak the right things. Remember earlier I said, it's not the water around the boat that sinks it, it's the water that gets in it. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do you know somebody's troubled? They're talking about it. (laughs) It got in them. How do you know somebody's fearful? They talk about it, it got in them. How do you know somebody's depressed? They're talking about it. It got in them. How do you know somebody's anxious? They're talking about it. It got in them. It didn't have to, but it got in them. And they're speaking it. But they don't realize the power of life and death is in their tongue. We can't speak trouble and have peace. I don't care what happens. We need to speak life. We need to speak faith. We need to speak protection, provision, health, and life. Why? Because that's the way God speaks. No matter what happens, God still speaks faith. No matter what happens, God still speaks what he wants to happen. God speaks the answer, not the problem. And we should be the same way. You guys get some today. I have one more verse I want to share with you in a second. And it's a very familiar verse, but I think it's fitting for the times that we live in today. Psalm 91. Because David talks a lot about what he's going to say about God. What he's going to speak. Because his words have power and authority. Now, before we do that, now I was getting my haircut earlier this week. And, you know, I like to listen to the, um, the gossip at the salon. You know what I'm saying? It's Gossip Central. I've been saying this for years. Been a lot of hair salons in my life. Oh, it's gossip central. Oh my god. Even Christian salons. It's Christian tea. Instead of who's hanging out at the bar, it's like, oh, who's dating at church? Oh, they left the church. To tell me all the details about it. <laughs> same thing, same spirit of gossip. It's all not right. But so my hairdresser, Madeline, she wasn't gossiping, she was doing a great job. And, and by the way, don't judge the way that I fix my hair. Because I fix my own hair. Don't base my hair. Because she's a great hairdresser. Just because I don't fix it good all the time. Don't judge her. Okay, I just want to say that for the record. She does a good job. But, so I was listening to people talk in the shop. And, you know, I don't know these people. There's an older lady. And the whole time she was in there, she was talking about COVID. COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. And then you hear other people in the shop and they're talking about gas prices, gas prices, gas prices, gas prices. Why? Cause it's in them. Got in them. And, and why are they like that? Cause they're hearing it all day long. Then they're thinking about it all day long and then they're speaking it all day long. And those people have no faith they're living in this state of trouble and anxiety when God said they don't have to. Yeah. But when this older lady, and God bless her heart, I know she's probably concerned because she's older and some older people have issues with COVID. After she'd been talking about COVID and then at the end she goes, but you know, there's a new variant. And she started on the new variant that's coming. I was like, oh Jesus. God bless her. She just doesn't know. But see, she's troubled. She's troubled. That's all she's hearing. That's all she's thinking about. That's all she's talking about. And God wants so much more for her. But God wants so much more for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. But listen to what the psalmist David said, Psalm 91. This is a great passage for where we're living today. Now let me put you into a little context here. David was a man who knew something about dangerous situations, troubling situations like he had been at war, he had fought a giant, he'd fought a lion, he'd fought a bear. People were after his life. He'd experienced some trouble in his life. But notice what David said in these difficult, stressful times. This is what David said. We should speak this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest In the shadow of the Almighty. But notice how he starts the psalm. This I declare about the Lord. Some translations said, I will say. We're talking about speaking. You got to speak your faith. It's not enough to be neutral about, yeah, I just believe it, but what are you talking about? No, you got to say what you believe God's going to be. You got to declare what God's going to be. Not just, yeah, I believe it in my heart. No, what are you saying? You got to say, God, no, I believe you're my protector. God, I believe you're my healer. God, I believe you're my deliverer. God, I believe you're my peace. God, I believe you're my joy. God, I believe that you're healing me from this. God, I believe that you're bringing in abundance and no lack. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I don't have to live in shortage. I don't have to live in disease. I don't have to live in dysfunction. I don't have to lose my faith. I don't have to lose my mind. I will say of the Lord. I will sing it, not just hear it and think about it. That's important, but you got to say it. Some of you have lost your faith. You don't talk about anything. Why? And you're wondering why you're living in this place of trouble. You got to talk back to it. Don't just let it stay in here or stay right here. Speak to it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Psalmist David said this I declare about the Lord, or I will say about the Lord. I encourage all of you in here, you should speak this over your life every day now that you've heard this message because we're living in times like this. We need these verses. Listen to what he says about God. He alone is my refuge. My place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. You guys still believe that? Or did COVID change your mind on that one? Come on now, somebody. I had COVID. That doesn't mean that God's not a healer. I'm saying any disease, whether we know about it now or it comes out later. God says, I will protect you from deadly disease. Verse four. Notice he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wing. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that flies during the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Come, that's what you need to be saying. You need to be speaking that, declaring that about God. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels. You guys still believe in angels around here? To protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. Now, now, when it talks about those things, it's talking about demonic powers. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. Come on, I believe that's a bunch of you in here, right? You love him. I will protect those who trust in my name. And when they call on me, I won't pick up. (laughs) Is that what it says? When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life. And give them my salvation. That's God's promises to you. Every one of you. But David said, I have to declare this. I have to say this out of my mouth. How many know David probably repeated this prayer to himself a lot because he was in a lot of situations of trouble. A lot of people trying to kill David in his life. A lot of armies after David in his life. A lot of crazy situations in David's life. But David said, I will say of the Lord. What you speak determines whether you're in trouble or not. You can speak your faith or you can speak your fear. But he said, I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my refuge. We're living in stressful, perilous days times where there's trouble around us in tribulation that's what we need to say more than ever before God you're my protector you're my healer you're my deliverer you're my peace you're my joy I don't, if a thousand falls here and ten thousand right here I know you're going to protect me angels go with me wherever I go It's not you being cocky and arrogant. That's you believing the word. If David could say this under an old covenant, how much more us as sons and daughters in the new covenant. But we got to say it. I will say. I will speak this. Let me tell you a little something. If you feel like you don't want to say anything, that's the time you need to talk more than ever before. If you're feeling extremely negative and troubled right then, I, I dare you right then. You, that's the time you need to start speaking faith. Because how is that trouble going to get out of your life? you got to start speaking your faith. It's so important. So important. So we guard what we hear. we got to guard what we think about. And we got to guard what we speak if we're going to live in this place of peace. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Are you with me, church? Could you stand up this morning? Don't let your heart be troubled. Thank you, Father. Let me pray for you this morning as we go. I appreciate you coming today. I believe we had a good day in the house. Worship team did a great job. 50k all-in offering and you're leaving out of this place not troubled you don't gotta be no one looking around for a moment but let me let me just ask this if some of you have said yeah pastor I felt I felt overwhelmed and I felt troubled lately I could feel the stress and anxiety of everything happening in the world And I need some prayer today. Could you lift your hand up? It's a lot of us in here. I've even felt that in the past few months. Let me pray this morning over you. Father, I speak over your people right now that there would be peace that would supernaturally guard their hearts and their minds right now. That that peace of God would guard them and keep them. Father, we thank your word says it you will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Father, I, I command any spirits that would come to torment people or discourage people or upset people, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I command you to get off their minds any anxiety, any depression, any panic attacks, any overwhelmed, stressful feelings about what's going on in this world. I thank you right now. You have to go you have to leave. And we thank you for the peace of God to come. And we pray right now over people that have been been shaky in their mind, have been unsettled in their mind. We thank you that they have a sound mind this morning. They have a peaceful mind this morning. They have a calm and well-balanced mind this morning. I thank you, Father, any person that's felt unsettled in their thoughts, that peace would come to them, that they would feel strong and stable and built on the right foundation this morning. And I believe that today. Father, we thank you for peace, your overwhelming peace, to come and flood them, spirit, soul, and body. And Father, we thank you we're going to leave today, not just being hearers, but putting this word to work in our life, being a doer of what we heard today. We don't have to be troubled. Hear me, church family. Trust me, next week there will be something that comes to you that will make you feel troubled. Remind yourself what... Jesus said, that's red letter. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Have faith in me. Trust in me. Because in this world, you'll have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. Father, we thank you for this church family that we're going to live untroubled. We're going to live untroubled. And Father, we thank you. That's going to be the greatest witness to others around us. That they see that we as your church live in peace, live in faith. And I believe that people are going to come to us and say, why aren't you troubled like the rest of us? And you can have the opportunity to share your faith with them because you're being a witness by being untroubled and living in faith. I believe that's going to happen to many of you in here. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for each other. And Father, we thank you for there's answers today in your word and in your house. And we rejoice once again over the all-in offering as we leave today. We thank you for the 50,000 that's come in so far. And we thank you for the more that's coming in to help us finish the rest of our projects. But we rejoice for what you did today. And we are grateful, thankful people at church to be moving ahead with what you called us to do. And we thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.